Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliff. I'm a pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad you've joined us live streaming or whatever way of, of media that you have. We're glad. We have an important word for you today and everybody here in the congregation. We're celebrating, uh, obviously, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I say Happy Easter to all of you and uh, obviously Happy Resurrection Day. And I, I just ask that all the things we do today would point to Jesus and what he did for each one of us and all who will call upon the name of the Lord. And I pray today, if you have not received Jesus Christ in your life, you're tuning in. There may be some spiritual interest. I just ask by the spirit of God's power in your life that he would touch you and you would know the reality that Jesus lives and he lives forevermore. So. As we begin, let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. It is an awesome, wonderful day. It's a day of celebration. It's a day of remembrance. It's a day of giving you praise and adoration and thanking you. So, Lord, we stop right now and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who willingly laid his life down and came and knowing that he would hang on the cross and that he would be placed in the tomb. But he had complete faith in you, Lord, that you would raise him from the dead on the third day. And that's exactly what happened. And so, Lord, we testify today thanking you because we know that he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. How do I know he lives? I know because he lives within my heart. We ask you today, Father, for all listening to this message, that, dear God, you would speak to us. That each and every person here would have a revelation of how great the love of God is. How the forgiveness of Jesus, Lord, just covers us. And all who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We pray that today, Father, in Jesus' holy and righteous name. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. You're here, but we open our hearts to you. We welcome you and ask that you would move in our midst this day. Touch people to save, to deliver, and to heal. To bind up the brokenhearted as Jesus came to to do this very thing. We ask that to take place today, here, and those who are watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to talk about the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. Seven sayings. All of them are just pregnant with certainly theological truths. Uh, just the reality that Jesus Christ lives. I just want you to have a a reality in your heart. Not just that obviously we're coming to church. Here we are, it's Easter, and we're coming to church, or you're viewing this by by live streaming or whatever way of communication media is that really we celebrate Jesus because one day we will face him and one day we will live with him forever if you're saved and born again by the spirit of God. And so today I want every person in this place in any way that any the spirit of God is speaking to you that you would obviously just yield your heart to him. We talked about in Sunday school today, much of what happens in the kingdom of God comes by asking. And God with, actually withholds certain things because we don't ask him. And so we're asking these things today that you would be blessed and that you would experience abundant life that Jesus Christ gives. And so our scripture today is going to come from Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 through 56. And then we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at what was happening there. When Jesus was crucified, and we're going to talk about the seven sayings of Christ on the on the cross. In verse 32 of Matthew chapter 27, I never get tired of reading this. It's powerful. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. And they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink. 
mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. And in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders, they mocked him. And he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. And he trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar and put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and the earth shook and the rocks split. And the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And they came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. And when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. And many women were there watching from a distance and they had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and, and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Amen. Amen. We're going to start here. This question, can you picture it? Jesus is hanging on the cross, okay? This man who had not done anything. In fact, he was sinless. He had never sinned at all. And he was obviously God's only begotten son. And God sent him into the world to die for the sins of the world. He had not committed any sin. He had to be an unblemished lamb. He had to be someone who had never sinned to be able to take the sins. And that's obviously another theological discussion. But he had to be sinless and he was sinless. And this man hung on the cross to die for your sins and my sins, for the world and for all that obviously in the past and in the present, he died for our sins. That's the greatest news we could ever hear. And certainly uh, he didn't deserve it. And they were mocking him. They actually put a crown of thorns on him. If you know the, the full story there. And uh, they were <clears throat> they were uh, saying, you know, let him call on Elijah and so forth. And and obviously they were insulting him. Here was the son of God, the very one that came down from from his glories in heaven to die for the sins of mankind, which had to take place. Because, again, without this whole scenario and coming up and, and re him being uh, resurrected again, 
If we didn't have it, he never rose from the grave. We would still be in our sins. We would have no hope. And he would not be our living hope because we would have no hope. But can you picture just a moment what was happening at this time? And this particular scripture, it speaks volumes. It's got so many truths here. And I want to share with you today some of those truths. But first, I want to ask you, have you ever come close to death? Have you ever really just come closer to death and and you, you, you didn't know if you're going to die or not? Maybe some of you have. Some of you have have maybe uh, come to a place where you really were low uh, as far as your health is concerned. And all. what was it that was going through your mind at that time? What was it that you were thinking of? What was it that that you thought you needed to do before you died? Let me give you my example. Uh, it was some years ago and I was having some heart issues and uh, my heart was out of whack and it scares me, you know, when your heart's not beating uh, uniformly and so forth. Uh, it, it's scary, you know, it's bouncing and carrying on, skipping beats and, and all this. And so uh, I got up in the middle of the night and I went into my study and I laid out prostrate on the floor and I was crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. If this is the time that you're going to take me, then I want to be prepared, certainly. And I'm calling on you right now. But I thought about my family. I thought about whether or not I had said the things that I needed to say before this particular event, before maybe God called me home, because I didn't know what was happening. The reality of that was certainly real to me at that time. And if you've ever experienced that, it certainly is real. But I wanted to make sure that my house was in order, so to speak. I wanted to make sure my sins were forgiven. And I, I confess, Lord, if there are any sins on my heart, please reveal them. I ask you, Lord, show me the any sin. I want to ask you to forgive me because I knew I knew Christ. And I knew that he freely gives, forgives if we ask him and, and all. And so I said, is there anything on me? But I wanted to talk to people and to make sure that everything was right. Things were in place at that time. But certainly here I am today. Think about what Jesus was thinking about when he hung on the cross. He was dying. What was he thinking about? Was he thinking about, obviously, the things that would happen? Did he think about the people that would reject him for that free gift of salvation? Because it's offered to everyone. Some people will turn away from it. But the gift is freely offered to every person, certainly. What was he thinking at that time? And so these words of Christ, I believe, actually speak to what he was thinking about. And we want to look at them. There are seven sayings here. And so in the first saying on the cross, Jesus' words teach that he will forgive you all of your sins, no matter what they are. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, says, after nailing Jesus to the cross, Luke tells us, and then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This was the first words out of his mouth. Forgive them. Think about it. It wasn't like, Lord, why don't you zap these rascals? Get rid of them. They just insulted me. The king, do they know who they're talking about to and, and about? Do they know what they're doing? Lord, I just tell you to wipe them all out. No, that wasn't his words. His words were, Father, forgive them for they know not what, they, what they're doing. You see, those words were for Judas. You remember, Judas betrayed him. Judas, Judas sold, sold him for those pieces of silver. And, and we know that obviously this, the words were, were for Judas. We know that these words were, were for Herod, remember? He was obviously tried before Herod. Remember Pilate, when he went before Pilate? These are all obviously people that had power uh, there in that particular uh, time of history and so forth. And so he's saying, forgive them. He's saying, forgive Pilate all. And, and forgive the Sadducees. And forgive the, the Pharisees. Forgive those people that have made my free gift of grace into obviously the letter of the law. 
and they become legalistic and saying you've got to follow all these rules if you really want to know God. And Jesus came and upset their apple cart and said, no, you don't. It's all by grace. It's unmerited favor. He said, I just offer it all. All to who? The world today. You see, many times think, we think that be able to come to Jesus, we got to do something. We've got to sort of like get our act together because we know that we're laden down with sin. We've done things that are wrong. Our guilt, our conscience has actually spoken to us about that. And we know that. And we think, oh boy, let me just get rid of this habit before I come to Jesus. Maybe I'll get rid of this and get my life in order and so forth. Get all cleaned up and then I'll come to Jesus. And no, Jesus just said, forgive them for they know not what they are actually doing. And so what Jesus is saying here for every man, every woman, every child, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Aren't those good words to you and me? You see, Jesus spoke that to me and said, Father, forgive Jim because he doesn't know what he's doing. You see, but you say sometimes, well, I think I do know what I'm doing. I know when you willfully sin or when you willfully do this and that. But you see, he he covers all sins because really sin, any type of sin is really, in essence, a willful, obviously, um, choice that you make. And so he says for every man, every woman and every child, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You see, it's about what he said here. The centurion, obviously, that scourged him. God, Jesus was forgiving him. And certainly, the thing of it is, not only was he willing to forgive, but he was eager to forgive. I think that we look at our own lives in that same manner when someone has hurt us or maybe someone has wounded us and so forth. Are we eager to forgive or do we have to kind of think about it for a while? Do we have to sort of get back and maybe lick our wounds and so forth? Or do we freely say, Lord, forgive them? Forgive them, Lord. You've forgiven me. And the great salvation that you've given me, then I extend that forgiveness to others, you see. That's what Jesus calls us to do. The very first words that came out of his mouth was, Lord, forgive them because they they don't know what they're doing here. So a lot of times, and I want to share with this is encouraging. Because if you're living under a cloud of guilt or somehow shame today and, uh, and living a sin-stained life and, and you're sitting here and the burden has gotten so bad on you today, I want to just encourage you, run to Jesus. Just ask Him to come into your heart. And if you already know Jesus and you just need to come to Him, or maybe it's something in your life you've strayed away from Him and you need to come back, today would be the day that you come back to Him. Today would be the day just say, Lord, I want to come back to you. You see, that's so, so easy. But you see, the pride in man's heart sometimes keeps us from doing that. And some comes in saying, I don't need anybody. I'm a self-made man or self-made woman and so forth. And let me tell you today, one day we will all give an account before Jesus Christ. But if you're standing here today and, and you confess your sins and you, you waited, got a weight of guilt and condemnation and shame on you, That's not what Jesus does. He takes that shame and that guilt away from you. And he says, I've forgiven you freely, child. I did it because of Calvary. And I want you to know experientially that forgiveness. I don't want you to carry that shame and guilt because you've asked for forgiveness and I've forgiven you. And that forgiveness is complete. Isn't that good news? That's real good news. The second saying here of Jesus on the cross, it teaches that Jesus will save anybody who in faith ask Jesus, certainly he was disgraced, the son of God, God himself was hung on a cross, son of God hanging there between two thieves. There's one thief on 
on one side said, why, if you're the son of God, get us out of this mess. The other one said, this man hasn't done anything wrong. He said, and remember what he said? Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember, what did he do? He humbled himself. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, what did Jesus say? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, Jesus will save anybody who asks in faith. It doesn't mean you think about it. Some of what we see is the worst sinners. You see, we categorize sin. You see, God said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care whether or not it's a big sin or what we may perceive or maybe society tells us, you know, like murder and maybe all those types of things. But when we come into this world, we're tainted to begin with. And God's got a plan for our lives. And that plan is that one day we approach Jesus and ask Him to forgive us and come in our lives. And so He'll forgive anybody who asks in faith, no matter what they've done. The worst sinner, the worst person, and the person that says, you know, God, I've done some real bad things here, and I don't feel like I'm deserving of that forgiveness. And no, you're not. Jesus paid the price. He paid it all. And all we do is ask. Isn't that wonderful? That's a free gift that's given to all who will call. And the wonderful thing is he'll save anybody. Anybody that will come. And we know obviously what happened there with, with the thief on the cross. Right at the last moment, God saved him. You see, that thief on the cross, we'll see in heaven today. If you're here today and you're saved, then when we get to heaven, you'll see that thief that was on the cross. We'll meet him. Because he repented. He humbled himself and said, Lord, remember me. I realize that you are the Savior of the world. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And right there, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And if you're sitting here today, or if you're watching this by live stream and you think that it's too far, you're too far gone. That maybe you've never accepted Christ in your life. And you feel like you've done so many bad things. You're going, how can this Jesus forgive me of my sins? I want to tell you today, he'll forgive anybody and anything that you've done. If you'll ask in faith, believe in Him. He is the Son of God. And right at the last moment, don't wait till the last moment, but this day, give your heart and your life to Jesus. You'll see He'll give that abundant life. But I want to tell you, anybody who asks here, remember, the crucifixion was not meted out for those just kind of half-hearted criminals. The crucifixion was actually put in place for really hardened criminals. I mean, they really, they lived a life of crime or they've killed a lot of people or they've done all these things bad. I mean, you're talking about some real bad, bad people. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The wonderful blessing today. He'll save anybody who will call upon his name. That is a blessing here. Certainly here, it's never too late for anybody to be saved. I can remember in hospice ministry, I have many, many, uh, several occasions anyway, is that uh, I would go in situations that people were terminally ill. And so I had an opportunity, the wonderful blessing, that God gave me grace to be able to, to share about Jesus before they died. And I remember, I've shared the story before, a lady that was in a big old farmhouse and had a canopy over the bed, and I walked in. And I walked, it was a big bedroom. I walked at a distance, and, and when I walked in, she knew, I guess she knew I was coming, and I was walking towards the bed, and she locked in on me. And I could tell she was staring at me. And I walked over to the bedside and, and, and she held out her hand. I held her hand. I said, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? She said, no, I haven't. I said, would you like to? She said, yes, I would. And she bowed her head and we prayed a prayer asking Jesus Christ to come in her life. You see, then she died a, a week later. I had another man that I remember that I walked in the door. He said, I've seen you somewhere before. 
I've seen you. I said, I don't think I've seen you. But he said, I've seen you somewhere before. And the Lord, I believe, spoke to me and said, this man needs salvation. And I went over and I said, have you ever accepted Christ into your life? Jesus is your Lord and Savior asking to forgive your sins and come into your life and save you. He said, no, I haven't. I said, let's do it right now. And he did. I was in the hospital downtown in the medical center. And I remember that I walked in the room and a man was unresponsive. And I walked out of the room, and for a while the family was there. We prayed around the bedside. The man was terminally ill. And I walked out of the, out of the hospital room, and the family came in a little, few minutes later. I was down at North Nurses Station, and they came and said, Jim, uh, uh, Dad, I believe it was their father, uh, is, is awake. He seemed, he seemed to be, he's moving. He's making some, some movements and so forth. And I went in there, and I talked to him about Jesus. And I whispered in his ear. I said, take Jesus by the hand, you see. I did everything that I could at that particular time because I never know. You see, it's never too late for people to come and receive Jesus Christ in their life because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I always say, why not do it today? Don't wait till that time. But that person I felt accepted Christ into their life at that time. And I prayed over them at that time. And I walked down the hall and the family ran out. It was just a few minutes later and they said, hey, Jim, Jim, dad's gone. Dad's gone. It's never too late, folks. That thief on the cross gave his heart to Jesus right at the last minute. It's never too late, you see. Obviously, this thief on the cross, he seems to know who Jesus is because he calls him by name. He calls him Lord and somehow he recognizes Jesus' deity there. He calls him Lord here. And obviously, he points out to the other thief that this man is innocent of sin. So he had some recollection. I don't know whether he'd heard about it when he was in prison or what. Or whether or not he went into prison while Jesus was in having his ministry or what. But he had some type of knowledge. He had some type of background. And the spiritual things, as things were happening here. In fact, I believe that he knew Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That he came to forgive the sins of the world. And you know, most of the Jewish people rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They didn't like the way Jesus came. And we talked about it last week. The title of the message was, Give us a different Messiah. Because they didn't like it. They wanted to be delivered from the hands of the Romans. And Jesus came for a spiritual reason. That we would live eternal life with Him forevermore. And Jesus tried to get that across at various times. You know, in John chapter 14, I know y'all, I love this scripture. He says this in John chapter 14, verse 1. He said, trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'll come back and receive you unto myself that you may be where I am also. And then it goes on that Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. And Jesus, what did he say? I'm the way, the truth. And the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. I thought about it. Disciples are scrambling because all this spiritual stuff is going their way and they're trying to understand it and saying, what's he talking about? He's going to prepare a place. What about all these things? But we know now because the Holy Spirit, if you've been born again, saved, we have the Holy Spirit. So we understand what he's saying. He's got a place prepared for you and me. But it's only prepared if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. It's most important. This thief was a believer. Actually, what happened? He understood that Jesus was the Messiah and he bowed his heart at that time. You see, it takes humility to come before Jesus and give him your heart and life. You can't come with pride. 
You've got to come realizing that you are a downright sinner. That you are dirty low down. That you have no way out of this except through Jesus Christ and what He did for you. You have to come to a place of such humility and just saying, Lord, I give my life to You. I don't understand all these theological things. I just know I need help and I need You now. Come into my life and save me. This thief did that, certainly. Certainly today. The question is today. Have you done that? Have you made that decision? Today is that have you really stepped out? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Is He a Lord of your life? Or maybe it's just someone religiously that you've gone and you've sort of played the role and gone along religiously. Try to do good things and so forth. Maybe these good things trying to get, get you into heaven. It won't get you into heaven. It's only in a relationship. It's only by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ here. We obviously have some, someone who knows what we have gone, have gone through here. And what a gracious Savior Jesus was when He obviously He came and He humbled Himself and, and gave His life for us. And so it requires the same thing from us. Humbly asking Him to come in our life. The third saying that Jesus said on the cross here offers you a new family with Jesus as the connector. The one that holds it together. New family. Isn't that good? If you're a believer here today, you're in the family of God. Isn't that good? You're my brother and sister in Christ. If you're a believer, okay? I don't care what you look like or how you talk or whatever else, okay? Or how you comb your hair, okay? It's for all we're family here today. You know, I don't care about this and that. It's because we've been put together in the family of God. One day we'll live throughout eternity together. Aren't, isn't that good news? That's why we as a community today, we need to get along with one another, don't we? I always said he's built that mansion in heaven for us. And I told you, if you don't like this person over here in the church, you don't like that one and so forth. Obviously, when you die, that person's mansion may be right next to yours. Get it right now. We need to understand we are in a new computer. He remember when he told Mary, he told, looked at the Apostle John. They were there at the foot of the cross. They risked their lives by being there at the cross at the time of the crucifixion. And Jesus looked at Mary and he said, Behold, your son here. And John, and then he looked at John and he said, Behold, your mother. And remember, John took care of Mary for the rest of his days. And actually, they went, and uh, Mary was in uh, a church in Ephesus, actually, at that time where John was there as the pastor. And Mary was also a part of the congregation. We're in the family of God. That's good news, you see. Obviously, and we come together there. You get that new family and you're talking about a blessing. You know, God never, ever gets it wrong. And if we obviously bow to his word, if we obviously listen to his word and put it into practice, you'll see you'll have a life like you've never experienced before today. I love being around people. You know, I love being around everybody. OK, you know, even when there are differences going on, I love being. Don't you love being in the church house today? Do you love being here? Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. Amen. I love being in the church house. I love that. And you go, yeah, but Jim, you're the pastor. Well, yes, I am. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I love being around God's people. I love having fellowship. I love all that. I love sharing the word of God with you. I love seeing people grow in their faith. And I'm growing right along with you, okay? Because we're all in it together. Because you're my family. I want to see you have such a blessing in your life that you can't even imagine. You can't contain it, okay? That's what I want you to do in your relationship with God today. And because you're my family. I want the very best for you. I want everything to be, be blessed today, you see. That is the most important thing. But the fourth thing saying assures you that Jesus paid the full punishment 
of your son and he took your place here of, of your sin, pardon me, in your place. Certainly, you see, God can't look upon sin or tolerate it. So Jesus took it upon him. And when he said, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sebastiana, which means, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Remember, he called him father to begin with, but that changed. He's going, my God, my God. What are you saying there? He's saying, my God, he is my judge now. He's my judge. He's taken the sins on, on uh, the world upon him. And God can't look upon sin. So God turned away at that point. And you know, at that time, you know, he's my God, my God. Cry out. He's my judge now. The Father. You see, because we've been forgiven of sin, you accepted Jesus in your life, we can say, Father, Abba Father, Romans chapter 8. And that's like Daddy God. It's a real intimate term. Daddy God. And come into His presence, Lord. And ask Him, whatever your need may be, whatever your situation is. In fact, He wants you to talk to Him a lot more than even you want to talk to Him. He longs for that conversation with Him back and forth. That communion, fellowship with us. We were made to have, obviously, to enjoy God forever. God is saying today, this is what actually Jesus provided for each one of us, you see. The great exchange. Your sin for His righteousness. Your sin. My sin. Your sin for His righteousness. You gave Him your sin. He gave you His righteousness. Isn't that good news? The great exchange. And so if you've made the exchange by trusting in Christ by faith, obviously, let's just stop. Let's just thank the Lord right now. Can we just thank Him? Lord, we thank You. Can you say it out? I'm not offended by that. And God isn't either. Say, I thank You, Lord, for salvation through Jesus Christ. Can we say it? I thank You, Lord, for salvation through Jesus Christ. I give thanks to You for who You are. You didn't have to. Jesus said, no man takes my life. I lay it down voluntarily. I give thanks to Him. We stop. I pray that even in the future here, we'll stop at various times and we'll give Him praise for who He is and what He's done for us. Eternal life forever and ever. You see, nothing else is obviously going to last forever, right? <clears throat> Always, kind of a sports car buff. Can't afford anything but a Camry. We can't afford that. But, if I could... I probably would have a nice, shiny sports car. And I would drive it up out here and y'all would say, my gosh, we're paying him too much. <laughs> but that's my, you know, I like that sort of stuff. But you know, I've always said those types of things are just temporary. They're just temporary, aren't they? Even our best times in our lives are just temporary. But with Jesus, you see, they're eternal. And our relationship with Jesus Christ will last throughout eternity. And that's the most important thing we could ever have. The fifth saying on the cross is a reminder to you that your forgiveness is forever. When Jesus, you remember, he said, I thirst. And they put that vinegar up to his mouth and, and all, and he didn't want it. But I thirst. He was thirsty. Do you know what I believe he was actually saying? That he was thirsty for the relationship back with his father like he knew it. I don't think it was necessarily a physical thirst, although I'm sure he was physically thirsty. But I think what he was saying when he said, I thirst, I actually am thirsting for that recovery of that relationship and that fellowship with the Father. And it's the same with us, you see. You see, the Bible says that God sets eternity in every man's heart. The Bible tells us that. In other words, there is that vacant void in our lives that only God can fill. And we try to fill it, you see, with other things. Busyness, uh, money, work, Everything, everything except for God. But he said, I thirst. 
I pray today that in the future, in all of your lives here today, and those of you watching, that you would have a thirst to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that intimate relationship that you have will never, ever, ever go dry, you see. When Jesus saw the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, remember the story there, what was happening? You know, she came up, and we shared in Sunday school a little bit about it, is that he came up to the Samaritan woman there in the mid midday because the Samaritan woman was living an immoral lifestyle. And she was embarrassed to come during the first of the day because the women of the town would talk about her and all. And Jesus here, Jesus a Jew, came up on a lady who uh, was a, a Samaritan, which the Jews hated to begin with. And plus she was a woman. And Jesus walked right up to her. You know, ain't there something how Jesus always went to the outcast? Isn't that good? You see, I was an outcast too. I'll get back on track in a minute. But I was an outcast too. But he came to me, you see. I wasn't an elite. There was nothing about me that attracted necessarily Jesus to me except the fact that he loved me, you see. So he walked up to the Samaritan woman there and he said, I'm thirsty, give me, give me a drink here. And the woman said, you're asking me for a drink? You realize I'm a Samaritan woman? You're a Jew? What are you doing here? I don't understand this and so forth. And finally he goes on saying the fact, he said, woman, if you knew who I was, then I'd give you the well, the water from the well. I would give you and quench your thirst with everlasting water. It will never stop, you see. You see, really, the only thing that will quench our thirst and quench our lives is a relationship with Jesus Christ that's growing and wanting to know Him. That's the only thing in our life, my life, your life, and all believers today, and really all people around, because a lot of people are trying to fill that void with something else again, busyness and, and things and, and money and work and all this other stuff. And we find, boy, it's just dull, isn't it? It doesn't work out. We become tired and weary and all. And Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you living water to where someday, that because of the Holy Spirit, those streams of living water will flow through you like an everlasting well. You see, this is what was happening. He went. It lasts forever and ever, you see. Number six, the sixth saying on the cross shows us how Jesus paid your debt in full on the cross here. When he said there, remember, in John chapter 19, he says, it is finished here. You think, well, he's defeated. He's had it. He's finished. Of course, he's getting ready to give up the ghost, right? He, he said that. But you know what the Greek word actually means? It's teletestia. And it actually means that actually a debt that has been paid in full. Your debt of sin and my debt of sin has been paid in full. Jesus Christ took the check and put it and signed it over, unlimited amount, forgiveness, complete forgiveness of sin, handed it over to the Father and said, here, I have paid Jim's full debt in full. Here, Father, I did it. In the same way with each one of us. He gives that check and He says, I've forgiven completely. It's paid in full. He stamps it. You've had those stamps on different bills, haven't you? Paid in full. The wonderful blessing, you see. When he said, it's finished, it's done. I paid the full debt today. There's no more. You can't do anything beyond this point. Obviously, when you accept Jesus in your, your life, he, He's pleased with you. He loves you and He loves me. He loves us and He'll never turn away from us and He'll never leave us nor forsake us. The blessing of obviously the resurrection. He proved it. 
We have life eternal because why? Because of the resurrection. You see, again, if Christ be not raised from the dead, we're dead in our sin. We're done because no way we can save ourselves. We know there's nothing we can do. And we know we can't work ourselves out of this hole of sin, can't we? And we know Jesus came and he picked us up, set our feet on, on a rock. The rock is Jesus. And he set us free by his shed blood. It had to be the shedding of blood. The Bible says in Hebrews, there can't be the remission of sin without the shedding of blood. There had to be the unblemished lamb of God's shed blood. God to forgive the world of all of his sin. I think about it sometimes. Just a small little smidgen of Jesus' blood would have been enough, right? He shed his blood. It's really true. Because we stand, we'll stand before a holy God one day. And we'll give an account. We'll either stand there and I may say it this way in my vernacular with Jesus, or we'll stand there on our own because we've never received Jesus Christ in our life. Jesus Christ, Father, I paid his debt. And God will say, come on in. Enter into your inheritance, he says. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Do you know Jesus in that manner today? Those watching, do you know Jesus? Do you know that forgiveness of sin? Today is the day that he will forgive you. Do you see what it means? Jesus wasn't saying in defeat. My life is finished. I've been defeated. Rather, it was a final cry of triumph. He was saying, the bill's been paid in full. Every sin has been paid for. Every sin of, of covetousness, adultery, blasphemy, drunkenness, extortion, envy, fornication, greed, hatred, idolatry, jealousy, kidnapping, lying, murder, Pride, nakedness, oppression, quarreling, rape, sodomy, violence, and witchcraft, and etc. All have been forgiven. Every most vile things you can think of have been forgiven because of what Jesus Christ has paid it all in full. Isn't that good news, you see? See, we put categories and, and levels when somebody does something really bad. And what happens is, is we turn away from those people sometimes because we think there's no hope for them. And what did Jesus do? He sat down with sinners and ate with them. He hung around with prostitutes and ate with them and saved and they received salvation. He, he caught people in adultery, obviously, and, and forgave them. I mean, talking about some of the worst sins you could ever imagine. And Jesus just got hung out with them. Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of their rules and regulations had burdened the people down so much they realized they couldn't carry the burden today. And Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. He said, obviously, that he's come. to Set the, the captive free and, and release us from the snare, the hook that Satan has in people who are not saved. He'll do it when we turn to him and humble ourselves. That what he says is very important, very important here. And so one of the words here, what he said, the last words on the cross points the way to how to receive Christ's forgiveness. In Luke 23, verse 43, 46, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost or his spirit. I give myself. He surrendered himself. He gave his life for you and for me. And Jesus again calling him Father, isn't he? Because he's come to a place. He's taken the sins and he's getting ready to go and obviously give his heart. Just give himself away. Trusting that God was going to raise him from the dead on the third day. Exactly the way he said. He had faith in the Father. Do you have faith in the Father today? That when the time comes and you take your last breath, you know where you're going? 
Do you have faith in knowing that you're for certain? I'm not talking about today that you've been to church a couple of times. I'm talking about today. Have you ever really given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you, do you know for sure that that will take place in your life? If you give your life, if you don't, today will be the day. The day would be the day. Don't let pride, don't let the devil stop you from, from giving your heart to the enemy, to, to the Lord, because the enemy will try to stop you. He'll do all he can to keep you from coming and giving your heart to Jesus Christ. He will stop you, tell you, today's not today. Wait till the next time. May not be a next time when you get it. You don't know when, when God's going to call you. And I don't know either. Today is the day of salvation, the word says. But no, here, certainly, he gave up his spirit here. Jesus' life wasn't taken from him. He gave it away. And third, he said, with complete confidence. And we can have complete confidence too that we will obviously have resurrected bodies. One day we will rise from the grave, you see. Isn't that good news? You're here. He'll call you up. If you're in buried, he's going to put all the ashes back together and you're going to meet him in the air and we'll receive a resurrected body just like the body that Jesus had. And Jesus was able to eat things. He was able to go through uh, walls and so forth. And he moved here and there when we have that same body. Don't y'all glad for that body? I don't know about anybody here. Do you like the body you got? Okay. Wouldn't you rather have a resurrected body? I would. When I was 20 years old, I would never admit that because I was strong and robust. And man, I could turn the world upside down. But today, I'm saying thank you, Jesus, for that resurrected body. Hallelujah. Amen. I ate a piece of candy and man, it all ends up right here in the middle. That's what's going to happen, you see. Isn't that good news? Just as Jesus obviously was in the arms of God the Father and simply trusted Him to raise Him from the dead, we too simply trust Him. In John chapter 5, verse 47, Verily, verily, verily I say unto you, He that believeth on Me hath everlasting life. Jesus is the only one that can quench our thirst. That's a relationship with Him completely. If you've never received Jesus, let me tell you how to today. Real simple. There are just a few words. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Want your children to be saved? It begins with us right here today. You want your family to be saved? It begins by stepping out in faith. When that happens, it's almost like something breaks in a family. And people begin to, begin to come to the Lord. Why? It's because you, your life changes. And they say, what's wrong? What's wrong with mama? What's wrong with daddy? What's wrong with my brother? What's wrong with my sister? What's going on here? What's going on here? And they begin to ask and they see a changed life. Why? It's because you've come and the word is regeneration. You've been regenerated because you've been born again. You've been saved. Don't you want the world to come to know Jesus today? There'll be people who reject them, but I don't take it at that. I see today, and we're not responsible for people's salvation, how they respond. We're responsible for sharing the word of God and sharing our testimony. You know, COVID's taken a toll on all of us, hasn't it? And we're weary. And in some ways, we, you know, we may have, you know, kind of drifted in our relationship with the Lord. You know, God hasn't turned away from you. He knows, He loves us, and He'll never turn away. Remember I spoke about how God is good here some time ago and has some of His attributes? That God is gracious, God is good. And sometimes we think, oh gosh, well I've been too bad. Do you know God loves you and me even when we're bad? He, he, he's going to change us and He'll change our attitudes. So I, I, you know, I have to ask that quite a bit, by the way. 
But he loves us no matter what. It's unconditional. And he loves you today. So if you're sitting here today, and I want to add just a couple things I want to say, is one is that you've never received Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe you're watching on live stream and you've never accepted Christ. Just open your heart to him and say, Lord, I need you to come into my life and save me. I believe you're the son of God. And I ask you to come in and save me. I want to know eternal life through you. And also the abundant life that you said you would provide in your word. You can do that today. Just ask him to open your heart. Simple. You don't need a preacher to, to, to stand with you, although that's okay too. You know, I, we'll help and we'll do that. You testify to what God's done in your life. We should, definitely. But certainly, you can do it right where you are. If you're sitting wherever in your living room today watching this uh, live streaming or, or wherever you are, whatever you are, you're doing, I pray you'd have spiritual ears to hear and ask Christ to come into your life to save you and deliver you from your sin. Anybody here today that's never accepted Christ in your life, today would be the day. I'll talk to you after the service. You wait. I wait. I want to see you. I want to see you today. I want, when I go to heaven, I want to see you there with me. And if you're not sure of that salvation, you never really put your life in Jesus' hands today. Today would be the day, you see. Nobody's going to look at you or anything else. It's just a time we come together like that. But maybe because of all this going on in this world, the COVID situation, that you obviously, you, you just feel like, look, Jim, I'm dry. I'm dry. I just feel like I'm not in the place I want to be with, with Jesus, but I want to be. You see, God takes that wannabe and he does something with it, right? If that's you today, today may be the day you just come and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you to fill me with your spirit. And I need you to come and, and renew me, revive me. Because I want to know you and to know your power in my life because I have blown it. Even maybe if you're a Christian, no matter what, just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we obviously are perfect. We have, we're not. We sin, okay? God has a way out when we confess to him, okay? But anybody here that just wants to come back, today may be that day. I'll wait up here with you. You come forward and, and we'll talk, we'll pray. We're getting ready. We'll have the Lord's Supper in here in just a moment. And I'll share with you about what that is. Anybody, anybody need healing? Just need healing. Just takes asking. You don't have to be the pastor praying for you, although we pray for people, right? You can ask. Ask God. Or ask others to pray for you. Gather around you, lay hands on you, pray for you. Whatever it may be. Maybe you're struggling with a habit. And that habit just got you, your heart. And, and you just can't get rid of it. Tell the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you to take this out of my life. I know it's not right. But I don't want it there. When you say you don't want it there, and Lord, I need your help, do you know what? He just comes. He just rushes in like a flood. And he'll deliver us. He's very good about doing that. You see, whatever the need is today, Jesus can meet that need. He is the answer. And you see, Jesus is the answer for this old the country here, America. And I'm praying for revival that people will turn to him. And I pray this day, actually, people will have a heads up and say, I need to come back to Jesus Christ. And you know, the blessing of seeing all of you here today, you say, I'm going to church today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for each one of you. Bless you. And I'm so glad to see you. And those who are watching on live stream that couldn't be here, whatever it may be, today is the day you need to make that decision for Jesus because you never know. You never know. Things change real quick, don't they? And I pray that God would really just give you, fill you with his spirit. 
and show His love like you never have before. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for this day and thank You for the truth in Your Word. Thank You for Jesus who went to Calvary. He died, was placed in the grave, and He arose on the third day. Thank You, Lord. We'll be forever grateful. Give You praise and adoration, Father. Thank You. We can call You Father, Daddy God, Abba Father. Intimate relationship with you, I pray here today. If any person made a decision for Christ today, Lord, you've heard their prayer. <clears throat> you've heard what they've said in their heart. They want you to come into their life. And Lord, I ask you to just come and just, just fill them, Lord, with your presence and love. And those that just need a renewed relationship with you today, you've heard their prayer, Lord. Come in like a flood and touch them. Fill us afresh with your spirit, Lord, dear Lord. We ask you today in Jesus' name. I ask, dear God, today, those need healing, those need deliverance, or those just need uh, financial support, maybe financially they're struggling, whatever, go to Jesus with it today. And I ask you today, real plainly, Lord, let the Holy Spirit fall upon this congregation and ignite every heart with your fire and with your power. Thank you, Lord, for this day, a wonderful resurrection day, a day we celebrate and praise you Lord, help us as we go forth from this place that you would truly, that we will never take our eyes off of Jesus, that we would continue to walk with you and, and get in a community of believers like this and other places, Lord, that, that people would gather in your name. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us today and live streaming. I pray you'll have a blessed Easter, Resurrection Day. May God bless you and, and just touch you in a special personal way in Jesus name. Goodbye.